Before we get going, I've just got to say that you will see us holding various trophies on this week's podcast. And I've got a very important trophy. It doesn't match the others. It's not as big as the others. It's not as silver as the others. But the Wiggly team, Rach, Heather, Jodie and Sam, have played tennis for the local sports club for 15 years. And we've just won Division 7 Hereford West. And we've gone up into the new league. 15 years of trying. And finally, we've won. Hello, Heather. It's the most gorgeous day here in Blakemere. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? In lots of ways, weather-wise, but also some really good news-wise. Oh, we can't <laughs> say what that is. I have to say what's on the show first. OK, go for it. OK. How do we get on at Claridge's? That's on the show. Yeah. We've got a book review, which is Curious Incidents in the Garden at Night Time. Right. And we're not going to say what the rating is. You have to wait till the end of the show. Oh, right, okay. Oh, you mean we're not ever saying? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be good. We'll we'll say at the end, right, okay, at the end of the show, right. There you are. Uh, You're going to the Eden Project, so we're going to have a chat about that. Yeah, yeah. We've had various links with the Eden Project in the past, so we might go through um, how we've got on. How we're involved with them at the moment and how we're anticipating being involved with them. Okay. We have to remind the listener of our competition. For a greener life, the book. Right. Farmer Phil is trudging in today. Yeah. I know he's got a bit of a problem with an old cow. Right. It's not me, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something. I don't know. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Apparently, um, there's a bit of a problem with a cow and a gate. Oh, so, right. not cow and gate, but there oh, is a problem. Okay. So, off we go. So then, Heather, what have you got to tell us? Well, we went to Claridge's. On Tuesday evening, Tuesday the 15th. Yeah. And we got in the taxi, mega moment of my life, and said, Claridge's. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. And there were, there were people who actually stayed at Claridge's, but it was £600 each a night. Right. So we stayed just down the road for 50 quid. Yeah, yeah. Which was fine, <laughs> except Westlife were turning on some lights in Oxford Street. Oh, right. We did try and see them, but we were there at four o'clock. Right. And they did it at six o'clock, so we couldn't hang about. Yeah. But they then caused a traffic jam. So we got in a traffic jam for quite some time. Yeah. So by the time we got to Claridge's, we were in a rush. Right, right. Do you want to know why you, I was yeah. there? <laughs> <laughs> just, for those listeners, there, there might be several listeners that don't know why, why Wiggly's draped on down to Claridge's. We were going to Claridge's because Wiggly Wigglers won the small business champion of the central region. So off we went to Claridge's with five other companies to see if we could win small business champions. Full stop. So those were companies picked from different regions all over the country, all over Britain. Yeah, Northern Ireland, Scotland, North of England, Wales, Midlands, South West and South East. So right. everywhere. This event, is it a prestigious event? Is it a, I know Wigglies have won lots of prizes before for all sorts of things. How does this rate in your mind? We have won lots of prizes, you know, occasional awards and things like that. But this one is something special to me. Right. I expect I've said that before. But this one really is. Yeah. It's run by the Federation of Small Businesses. Right. So 
in the UK, everyone's heard of that organisation. And it's sponsored by Lloyd's and the Mirror Group. Right. So, right. you know, it's, yeah. it's big cheese, really, so isn't it? So not that we want to blow our own trumpet, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's a mega, mega thing, isn't it? It's a mega thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. In, in the world of small business, it's a mega thing. Right. In the normal world, it's probably a minute thing. So we'll be on Central News, won't we? And if anybody listens to this podcast, they can tune into Central News to, to perhaps see an interview of Heather at some stage. Yes, and uh, we're in the Mirror in next the, week. In the newspapers. Yeah, yeah all yeah. sorts of things will come from that event. Fantastic. Good. I will look forward to that. So what did you get up to when you went into Claridge's then? Was the food good? The toilets were stunning. <laughs> they really were. They were decorated in the most glorious rose print. Yeah. Yeah, and the carpets were about two inches thick. Right, right. And there was, uh, as far as I can see, there was 47 staff per human. Yeah. You know, you only had to just move and they undid your napkin and, and put it on your lap. Right. If you got up to go anywhere, when you returned, your napkin was refolded into a beautiful design of a kind of bird of paradise or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so chandeliers, it was the full work, yeah, you know. Business. Bloke in top hats there to greet you. Very nice. Lot of marble. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 As you'd expect. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what did we do? We had a champagne reception with all the other companies, and then they'd invited lots of VIPs. Right. I didn't really know they were because there was lots of MPs, and you don't recognise them really, no, do you? Not but no, um, apart from that, there was Giles Brandreth. Right. And I recognised him. Funny, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And Fiona Armstrong, the newsreader. Right. Right. And then all the head bods from Lloyd's, The Mirror, and the Federation of Small Business. Right, excellent. So who, who uh, presented you with your prize? How did they do that? Well, you, you were represented with your regional prize right. by Andy Love, who's an MP. So there were six companies, and we were up against, I thought the best one was the Slate Mine. Honester Slate Mine. Yeah. They had actually employed 35 local people at this slate mine and reopened it and they practically reeve slate but they also do tours underground and whatever and they they really had a great spirit on their table but apart from that the other companies were quite impressive there was a waste disposal company from ireland yeah and all, all sorts of all people sorts there of things. yeah a real sort of diverse selection of businesses really uh, totally totally diverse yeah. and so they invited each of the six winners up to receive their prize having done a whole um, you know, Spiel. video thing right. of flashing up on the big screen what silly things you say. Yeah. And then um, had a lovely tea party, asparagus, followed by Aberdeen Angus beef, followed by lovely rice pudding. And then they announced the complete and utter overall winner of the Small Business Champions. <laughs> what time? What time did they announce the winner? Oh, it was night, getting was it? on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you got, got a few more, drinks by then. Yeah, right? we had a yeah. few drinks. Got more and more exciting as the evening went on, and Fiona Armstrong announced it. Do, do you want to know who it was? <laughs> <laughs> I, think we know. I think we already know. Who, who was it? Who was it? It was us, wasn't it? <laughs> It was Wiggly Wigglers. Wiggly Wigglers. Were there lots of laughter when they announced the name Wiggly Wigglers? Not really. I think because they got used to it over the evening. There was God. There was loads of cheering. There was loads of you know people full of enthusiasm. And rightly so. Um, But the the interesting thing was that they told us that before we went, we must prepare a speech 
Um, how can you prepare a speech in case you win an award? Yeah. You know, thank you to everybody. You know, you haven't won, have you? Yeah. So I tried on the train to prepare a speech, yeah. um, but it didn't go very well because if you pretend you've won, you, you can't imagine it, can no, you? That's so right. no, I didn't no. bother with that. No. Um, so in Giles Brandreth's talk, yeah. his after dinner speech, he said that if you wanted to get on in business, he was given lots of tips. Some very handy and some very silly. Right. One of his tips was that it's a good idea to name the building, uh, any building that you're about to open or anything, after your bank manager. And that would mean that you'd come and open it and it would be, you know, you'd look upon you favourably. Yeah. Um, so, as you know, we haven't really got an appropriate building. So I named our photocopier the David Sumner <laughs> Lloyd's TSP <laughs> photocopier. Yeah. So that went down quite well. <laughs> So, yeah, and then what happened then? Well, I thought I'd best mention the podcast. Right. I had mentioned podcasting all evening, and you get this kind of blank look. Yeah. I mean, the listeners won't have got that kind of blank look because they're no, listening. That's but right. when you say it to anyone else, <laughs> you know, I said it's the head of marketing of Lloyd's TSB. Yeah. Are you blogging? Have you got a podcast? And he said, What is it? And I said, <laughs> Come yeah. on, you know. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, I told him. President Bush has got one. So, Is he really? Oh, well, yeah, wow. apparently. Yeah. So I said, I just shouted out, um, if you want to know anything else about Wiggly Wigglers, go to our website, wigglywigglers.co.uk, click on podcast, listen to our radio show, and if you don't know what a podcast is, catch up, baby! <laughs> so, <laughs> I left it yeah, there. That was it. Lots yeah. of raucous laughter, I expect. Yeah. Fantastic. And I asked Jodie what the award meant to her, and she says chocolate. Right. Because, of course, we'll have a celebration with chocolate in the um, dispatch. Yeah. Yeah. And, as you know, we're having lunch on Monday. Everybody's chuffed to bits, aren't they? I think there's a nice feeling about the place. You know, everybody's kind of hard work has come to fruition. So, uh, well, you've so. missed a bit out. Everyone's hung over, aren't they? Well, you are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was only two days ago. <laughs> the people ago. you left behind aren't. <laughs> it was nine and a half hours of champagne. Yeah. And yeah. we did spend one and a half hours thing. in the lift. So going up and down, yeah. discussing yeah, you stuff. You were telling me about that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we, we had a very good night. But the unfortunate thing was I had a meeting with the Royal Mail the next morning. So after three hours sleep, we had to, you know, get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Brilliant stuff. Thank That's you. That's great. Well, after that, I think everything else is going to be a bit of an anticlimax, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it is. No, no, probably not. You're off to the Eden Project, which is in Cornwall. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, one of the kind of wiggly accolades, small business champion awards aside, was uh, introducing the worms to the Eden Project. Way oh, back, way yeah. Way back when. You went down there with Jodie, didn't you? I did. Wasn't Jodie <laughs> p- <laughs> pushing you around in a wheelchair at the time? She was. I did yeah. have a broken leg at that point. Yeah. And uh, it was quite difficult because... I really wanted to go because we were putting into the Eden Project 53,000 worms because they made all their own soil to go in the pits. That's right, the, they did, yeah. yeah. So there yeah. was no soil there. Yeah. So there was no worms. Right. So any worm that you find at the Eden Project is a wiggly That's worm. come from wigglies yeah, originally. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she pushed me around in the wheelchair. We did have a little bit of a problem because we introduced some worms into an area near the tarmac path at the bottom. Yeah. And it, it was getting more and more rushed because, you know, she had to push me around in the wheelchair. Yeah. So we inoculated the worms and thought, right, we'll quickly go and have a little bit of lunch. 
And during lunch, the rain just poured down. Oh. And we came back, and you know what happens with worms and rain? <laughs> <laughs> Before they've settled oh, in. No. Well, the whole path was just covered in worms. <laughs> and then all, all the people who go to the Eden Project yeah. were stepping around them. Oh, so no. you could see that the whole place had slowed down where the worms, <laughs> where the worms were. Uh. So we gathered them back up and put them back in. It was, wasn't a problem. Yeah. So um, we introduced them into all sorts of areas. But now they've changed, haven't they? Yeah. When we went back there, the areas have actually changed. There's a different setup. You know, they do different things on a seasonal basis, like bulbs and That's and right. the veggie patches change. Yeah. So um, it's hard to actually see where you were in comparison to back then, which I think was probably five years ago. Yes. Well, no, it's probably ago. more than I that. I think it probably yeah. was more than that. Yeah. Now, isn't it? It's interesting. Yeah, the Eden Project is ever evolving, isn't it? And uh, you know, as part of that sort of environmental education process, I suppose. Mm. And interestingly enough, several people have contacted us, haven't they, to say that they've seen a display, the display that shows how worms are beneficial to the soil, and it talks a bit about wigglies in that display. Some people have rung up and said, oh, we saw your name. Down yeah, yeah, we've, we've all, I mean, we've had close links with the Eden Project since it started, really. Yeah. When it first started, we went to see it actually being built from the year one. And they've always been interested in what we're up to. Yeah. So their display on worms is quite interesting. And yeah, we do get a lot of response from it. And we're also a partner on their website, which is good. But there's more exciting stuff going on there now, isn't there? There are. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I'm going down again Wednesday, I think, to talk to um, Jane Knight, who's involved with uh, the development side of their spiral garden, mm -hmm. which complements their uh, new education centre that they've just built down there. So we're going to go down and see, have some input into the into the design of that spiral garden and to see how some wiggly stuff that we've developed here can fit in with their garden put things into context for people so visitors can see that those habitat boxes in the right setting oh, that's nice they use that don't they and the, the kids can go outside and actually practically garden that's right absolutely well they i mean they have literally tens of thousands of school visits every year it's a nice opportunity for us to be able to even though cornwall's you know a, a recent decent stretch for us um, 201 miles. Is that right? Yeah, mm. 201 miles. It is a, it's a good good drive. But there are so many schools from all over the country that go down there, and, mm. and the children are able to appreciate um, what Eden's all about, but also what other what other companies are able to contribute towards Eden. So um, it's a nice opportunity for us to be you know involved in that. And in what that will setup. you do on an ongoing basis? Will it just be that we help design the garden, or will you actually be going down there regularly? They're, I mean, they're very keen on Wigglies, and we're obviously very keen on what they're doing. So hopefully the idea would be for, for me to go down there every so often on a fairly sort of consistent basis throughout the course of the year and perhaps give talks and presentations and, uh, and you know, talk about Wiggly stuff as part of their you know, educational package. Busy week at Wigglies. Busy week. Oh, well, the anticlimax of the day, Rich, is with us. <laughs> 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 Only joking farmer, uh, Phil! Yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah, Phil, after that cracking introduction. Because you went out to Claridge as well, didn't you? I was allowed out, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, very, very good, very enjoyable. Have yeah. we recovered now, then? Totally. But then I didn't have as much to recover from, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can believe that. Anyway, how's things going on the farm? Pretty good. We've got some glorious weather at the moment. We, we've got sunshine and frosts so proper weather for the time of year yeah it's stunning it really out there, isn't is it? a joy to be outside in this weather yeah it is so what's been unfolding what saga has been unfolding on the farm this week well we've had one or two sort of things going on we, we had a cow who who last night 
decided that her arthritis had overtaken her for a minute and decided she didn't want to get up. So we've been sort of giving her bed rest, but I'm pleased to report that she's got up this morning. So oh, excellent. She decided she wanted to go back outside and sun herself, I think. So oh, that good. was good. good. Well, I saw Pip at play practice and he said, I've been helping Kevin roll the cow over. And so he said it was a real iffy thing as to whether the cow would roll onto them or actually they would actually roll the cow back onto her feet. Yeah, but they're heavy old things, aren't they? Well, they are, and the trouble is that when they get arthritis, she is very old, and they, their back legs, which are obviously critical to them getting up, yeah. usually they favour <laughs> favor one of them. Right. So that if they get onto the wrong one, they then cannot get up, right. and then you get into the problems of pins and needles and so on, and you, yeah. if you can move them around and get them up, life will be happy again right but their biggest enemy is their size and weight that we do run into problems if they can't get up for any length of time but she's up now anyway yep up and, she's up and out up and out in the sunshine again so fantastic we touched on weaning when we were talking about calves because you keep suckler cows don't you that's right yeah can you go into any sort of any more detail about that yeah we've weaned the calves we've sent those away so weaning means separating the calves from their mothers. Right. And immediately post-weaning, we have to give the cows, those that haven't dried off, those that have still got milk, we give them a, a shot of antibiotic in each quarter of their udders to prevent mastitis. Yeah. And it's actually the only time through the year that we use antibiotic as a routine preventative rather than a cure for a problem. Yeah. But funnily enough, when I'm talking to people about this, if you talk to a woman about it, there's never any question that this is the correct thing to do. <laughs> this mastitis is a most horrible thing. Yeah. Very, very painful to them as well. So yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I think we might be forgiven for that. Yeah. So we're just in the process of doing that, and we go through the, the cows now, check them all out, and they come in to their deep litter yards at this time of year as well. We bring them in from the fields. Yeah, into the dry. What will you What will you feed them on now? Uh, in, the in our case, they get fed on ad lib grass seed straw, which is a byproduct of our grass seed production on the arable side of the farm. Right. And then they get with that a rolled barley ration, which has got added protein and added minerals yeah. to make sure that they've got enough energy levels to go with it. Right. The idea is to maintain condition over the winter and then start to increase condition once they've carved. Well, so what's silage used for then? Silage is an alternative where you have to conserve grass another way, basically, but yeah. because we've got a byproduct in the form of the grass seed straw, that takes the place of silage. Right. It's right. not quite as nutritious as silage, which is why we need the hard food to buffer it uh, to provide the bit extra. Right. But, of course, to us, it's a lot cheaper than silage. Silage sure. is an expensive option, really. When you bale your grass straw byproduct, do you have to bale that in the same way as a silage? Do you put it in a black plastic? No, or? we, we it's much more similar to hay. Right. To look at and feel, it's like coarse hay, and it's not quite as nutritious as hay, but it's easy to feed, they like it. Generally seems to work well. Excellent. So will they be in... Undercover right through the winter now, then the yep, cows? they will now be in their yards right through until probably sometime in April. That is a movable date on the basis that once you see a settled spell of weather to turn them out in the spring right. and you've got enough grass to turn them out on, you can. So how do they behave when it's time to, time to be set loose again? Absolute carnage. <laughs> <laughs> um, you turn them out and they just go berserk usually. And, yeah. of course, at that point, they've got their small calves with them. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the cows thinking, oh, great, we can go outside again. Yeah. And the calves saying, my goodness me, the big wide world, what on <laughs> earth is this? Yeah, you know? I'm sure. 
yeah, it's a good time of year. But having said that, the yards are nice and sunny. They're in deep litter. You have them in the door, though, don't you? Oh, yeah. You can go out they can see the... what's going on, can't they? Yeah, yeah, but also they can wander out into the open. Yeah. But just on the Oh, that's right. Thing. It's not cruel in any way, is it? It's not like battery farming. <laughs> oh, they're, God. They're no. not caged up like, you know, poor little creatures. Well, I think there's been a photo on the podcast of them in in their cattle yard sunning themselves. So yeah, that's right. But for yeah. those of you who've seen that, they're, yeah, they're, they're not right, too they? hard done yeah. by. <laughs> I'm sure they prefer to be in there on nights like we've had last night. Uh, wind and rain is the biggest enemy, and cold is of no consequence to them. If you can keep them dry, that's the critical bit. Right. Well, there'll be no problem today, will there? No, not at all. Uh, thank you for your report, Phil, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, Phil. Radio. Monty will be coming in soon with his worm cast, but just before that, yep. we're going to do the book review of the week. Now, this book is called Curious Incidents in the Garden at Night Time, and it's written by Alan Shepherd. Yeah. Um, but previous to that, I read a book called The Curious Incident of a Dog at Night Time, which was written by Mark Haddon. And so when I saw this book, I thought, oh, I've got to get it. Yeah. Because it's similar but different. And uh, the Mark Haddon book won all sorts of prizes. It was a fabulous book. Have you read that one? No. Very good book. But this one is written by Alan Shepherd, and he is based at the Centre of Alternative Technology right. up at McCunsliff. Yeah. And he's written lots of books. Yeah. So, <laughs> Rich... It's interesting, isn't it, this one? Because you, you, you thrust that into my hand some time ago and said, you've got to read this, Rich, it's great. It's great. So I thought, oh, excellent, yeah, I will, I'll, I'll look at that. So, you know, I've kind of, haven't read, I've got to be honest, haven't read the book completely. Um <laughs> <laughs> for good Why? reason. Why? I gave but, uh, it you weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, uh, but you know, it, it's... Uh, well, I think we've got slight differences of opinion, haven't we, on this book? Well, listen, right. Organic Gardening Magazine, Gabby Barty Bevan, editor. Yeah, yeah. This is a magical book. It rewrites the rules on everything, not least on how to write books. The more people who are touched by this book, the more hope there is for the survival of endangered species, not least our own. I count myself honoured to have read it. First, I love this book. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Are there any male critics on the on the back? Just a minute. Just out of interest. Tony Jupiter, executive director, Friends of the Earth. A passionate celebration of the biodiversity and wildlife on our doorsteps. Perfect for gardeners who <laughs> love a good yarn. Obviously, he's American. Yeah. Um, That's right. So he's American. Yeah. So there's no any, any, <laughs> I don't know any English male. Sorry, Tony. Critics. No, no but no, what are you trying no. to say, Richard? Well, nothing. I'm just. I'm, to my mind, whilst that book is very well written, it's a bit too romantic for your conventional English bloke. You know, I don't want to disrespect the book in any way because it is. It does wax lyrically about some of the most wonderful things that you experience in the, in the gardener's calendar, but. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit effeminate for me. Oh my god! So yeah, so it's not you know, no milkers from me this week, which is what you wanted. Y- anyway. You've missed the point of the book, <laughs> haven't you? Yeah, well, you, well, this is why we're sharing this review, isn't it? Right. So yes. You could, yes. You know. Yeah. It's let me explain the book to yeah. you, Rich, yeah. to help. The beginning of the book is this fable of the moss collector, and next door. Mrs. Jones, who lives in Bethlehem, and it sets the scene. It, 
to me, how could you possibly put this book down? This is the start. Yeah. Mrs. Jones of Bethlehem, Wales, has often wished for a few extra hours in the day, but <sighs> even she would run out of porcelain statuettes to arrange and dust, given a thousand years to complete the task. Yeah. If she knows about the rotational forces dragging her days through another year, she's not letting on. Questions of astrological coincidence are not her cup of tea. And then she calls a cat, Megan, Megan. Yeah, I suppose really you're reading it, it sort of conjures up images of your, perhaps your movements lasting at night, maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, totally. But, you know. And the thing is, it's all about the moss collector going by and looking at it from the moss collector's perspective. That's right. Yeah. And, and how he, he lies in his hammock and looks up at the stars. But secretly, which is the point I think you may have missed, Rich, <laughs> it's about global warming, isn't it's, it? It's about, yes. It's not, I, I, wouldn't necessarily say, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a point that I've missed, but <laughs> it just doesn't float my boat. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's look at this then. It tells you the story of what the moss collector is doing. Yeah. I mean, I was just dying to go out and, and watch moths after this. I just wished it was summer. Yeah. But then it gives you a diary of how it's been for him. And then even better than that, it gives you everything that you need to do in your garden. So this is from the moss collector. Right. And he says, bat boxes. 11 species of British bat have roosted in the bat boxes. Can get up to 40 individuals in the box. If it hasn't been used in two years, move it. You know, it tells you all these practical things as well. Yeah. I think it's, well... Oh, you're absolutely right. You're yeah. absolutely right. It's just that, you know, it's all... It's, 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 your beauty is in the eye of the beholder, <laughs> isn't it? You know, You've never seen a book like this. I haven't. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, that's why I don't want to be disrespectful. But, but, but I think book reviews are highly subjective. It's For my part, it, it's not really a book that I can sit and read for any length of time. I can't really get into it, you know? I can't right. into the, the story, the writing, everything, the way it's been put together is highly imaginative. Yes. But, you know, it just doesn't turn me on. Oh. Whereas you, <laughs> by comparison, by contrast, I should say, are having palpitations about the whole thing. Well, let's leave it there. It's a milker, totally <laughs> and definitely, completely a milker. Okay. On to our competition, Rich, which yeah. is the chance to win A Greener Life. Yeah. A wonderful book. It is a wonderful book. Worth, well worth winning. 25 quid, I think. Yeah, something like that. Only available to podcast listeners. Nobody else can win. And have we had lots of entries, Rich? Uh, we've had lots of entries. But so not too many so no, that you can't not, win. We, we, we haven't got to more than we can count. No, definitely not. So if you'd like to win, the question is... What colour were the South Devon cows that Phil was talking about in his podcast? I think probably number five. Number five it was. Mm. Thank you, Rich. On to Monty, who's got some amazing fact this week about worms. The Wiggly Wormcast podcast by Monty. A weekly fact on worms. If you look at a worm's body under a magnifying glass, you will see a lot of little rings called segments. When the worm is an adult, it will have 120 to 170 segments. And that's it then, Heather, for another week. Yep, next week we've got lots coming up. We're going to talk about can of worms, I think. We've got Alison coming in to talk about plant of the week, which is going to be one of my utter favourites, teasel. Right. You love teasel, don't you? Teasels are a double ace. 
It's yeah. a double ace. We've got another book review. We can't tell the listener what the book is because so, as yet... We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so on this glorious day when Wiggly Wigglers are champions of the universe, I think. Yeah, well, sounds good. I think that will do. Small Business Champion Award... We'll see you on the telly. I've just spoken um, just in the middle of this podcast to Radio Wyvern, who want to do an interview. We're in the Financial Times. We're in the Mirror on Wednesday. So it's just mega stardom. So we'll see you next week. See you then.